Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Hawks fans and hoopball fans, we have a special hoopball promo. This is big, real big, like Manny Fresh, house real big, car real big, daddy. Anyway, before I start singing and dancing in the booth to a New Orleans classic, this is a huge week for everyone at hoopball because all of our 2020-2021 NBA season products are finally for sale. These hoopball products are the best in the business, so listen up. Here's what's out. The Draft Guide. This is our flagship, our shining beacon like Superman. The most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy sports. Our guys went 400 players deep again this year. A future access pass to the Brewski 150 is also out. If you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, you need to know now. It's the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for the last decade. Decade. And new for this year, Hoopball is unveiling our new monthly membership plans. I'll try to keep this part short as much as I can. We have the Fantasy Pass, which includes the Draft Guide, the Brewski 150, and also the new DFS Pass, and all of our in-season premium tools. The DFS Pass is also available on its own, if that's your thing. We have the new wager pass for our sports bettors out there who want picks and analysis. And we have the Hoopball 360. The sucker has all of the stuff above, plus even earlier access to the Brewski 150. So head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopballfantasy on Twitter now, right now, like go on Twitter right after you hear this to learn more and get yours today. If you want to succeed in sports betting and your fantasy basketball leagues this year, this is a no brainer. Again, go to Twitter right now at hoopball fantasy or go to hoop dash ball.com and get right today.
The following is a hoop ball presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, where we are just days away from our first look at this Atlanta Hawks team with the additions that we have made this offseason. And as I spoke to last episode, lots of excitement, optimism, and skepticism seemingly and some downright disrespect on some records in, reg- in regards to the Atlanta Hawks as we will have many things as far as a team goes to work through leading up to the regular season, as we talk minutes, rotations, lineups, whatnot. But, you know, this weekend will be the first look at to see what they have been working on and improving on from last year outside of personnel and people like myself uh, covering this team for this short time and fans like the one we will have on the show today alike. Hope to see that this is signs of what direction this team is going towards and we hope that it's going in a positive direction. But like I said, there's a lot of things to work through. Uh, and people like to know, you know, what they're getting as far as, you know, when you when you buy a product and they have the expectations and reviews, you want to know what you're getting. There's a lot of mystery behind this lineup uh, and the added depth that we have. And this coaching staff will have to solve through that. And it will certainly be some challenges along the way. But this weekend will be the first peak into what we're going to get. So we have a special special guest joining the program who has been a lifelong Hawks fan and is a trusted source in regards to everything relating to the Atlanta Hawks. And we will bring him onto the show, but first a quick plug for my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like super future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation and all of my homies Love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%, just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some, in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. 
All right, and we are back. I hope you guys enjoyed that promo for my bookie. Joining the program today is a first-time guest of the show, Atlanta Hawks fan and historian who has worked with Real GMs, HFO, Peachtree Hoops, and the Human Highlight blog, and recently just celebrated a birthday. So again, happy belated birthday to Mr. Jason White. Jason, how are we doing today, and how did you celebrate your birthday? Brad, man, I'm excited to be here. Uh, well, it was a uh, the great weekend in the in the Walker household. It was a barbecue night. Uh, they made sure it took me out. They barbecue gave me a nice Hawks hoodie. What what could be better? You know, that's pretty much Brad. Anytime my family wants to get me something, they know if they get it Hawks related or Gator related. I know you don't want to hear the G word here, <laughs> but uh, Gator related, they know they they've got a pretty good chance of getting a smile out of me. So. It, it was a lot of fun. Thank you. I appreciate the uh, well wishes. Oh, no problem. No problem. And uh, guys, we'll plug his uh, Twitter after this. But if you want to see that awesome Hawks hoodie that he is sporting, I'm a little jealous. I, I need to get me one. We'll plug it on his Twitter so you guys can go on the Twitter and check it out. And as well as wish him a belated happy birthday and referring to the Gators. As I love my LSU Tigers uh, living in the shadows of Tiger Stadium for over 10 years. And they have certainly fallen from grace this year. And that is not the... <laughs> And that might be an understatement as far as falling from grace. And I'm not hiding or nor I'm quote unquote off the bandwagon. As I said, I've been a devout fan since I was about five years old. And it's well known that we don't like the Florida Gators, but that's Jason's squad. And in other years, I would definitely talk smack about how we're going to win this, this game this weekend. But I'm very humbled by the lack of success in this rebuild year as the Gators are gearing up to represent the East and the SEC um, as far as college football goes with one and should be two, in my opinion, Heisman uh, Trophy candidates and Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts, the Kyle to Kyle connection, who is the best tight end in college football. So I know you must be licking your chops after seeing what Alabama did to us in a molly whopping of our defense last week. And first, I want to ask, how many touchdowns do you predict in the Trask-Pitts combo this weekend? Well, you know, the, there's a couple of funny things is, is that uh, – Dan Mullen is no Steve Spurrier. And I don't mean that negatively. I mean that Spurrier didn't care if he put 50 on you, 60 on you, 70 on you. And certainly in the, in the nineties, um, which I know predates your fan fanhood a little bit, and even maybe your existence on this earth, but uh, Spurrier put some big numbers up against LSU. Dan Mullen didn't have that. He's like, eh, it's good enough. So he, uh, you know, they may score some touchdowns early and certainly, seeing Alabama's crew do their business. But I, I think maybe I, I would say at most, if uh, if if you were betting on it and the over-under was uh, one and a half, I'd say that's I'd go over that and say two. But if it were two, two and a half, I'd have a hard time doing more than that. So that's, uh, that, that's what it is. And, you know, don't be hard on yourself, Brad. LSU had a season to remember last year. Uh, and so it's a good thing. You, know, you just need to remember that one. Uh, why you're going through the tough ones. And certainly uh, Gator fans know that feeling all too well after our last championship in 2008. Yeah. It's the ebbs and flows of a, a program in college football, especially when you're bringing in anywhere from as the lowest 17 to 21, 22 year old young men that are still trying to figure it out in life. I mean, me being a former college football player, I know that I didn't have all the answers walking on the campus at 18 years old and certainly had to mature 
being a student as well as continue to learn the game. So the job that college coaches have to do, you know, you, you got to tip your cap off to them. And Dan Mullen is a great coach. Uh, we've seen what he has done to LSU coming into Tiger Stadium with Mississippi State. And I'm sure that they are licking their chops as they tried to go into Tiger Stadium last year and did not get the win in the magical year that Jason is referring to for LSU. But uh, I know the shoe was on the other foot this year and trash looks great. Pitts looks great. The offense looks great. It may not be the, you know, touted Florida defense in years past, but when you can put up the number of points that they normally put up from week to week, it don't matter what your defense is doing. It doesn't matter at all. So I expect uh, another Molly Whopping of my team as we need to continue to go back to the drawing board, recruit, and hopefully we can keep uh, the Atlanta native uh, Eric Gilbert in the LSU jersey as, you know, rumblings are are stirring there that he may want to, you know, he's a little homesick. And I mean, and now moving here to Atlanta with my family, uh, I see why it's a, it's a wonderful place to live. And if you can be closer to home, why why not? Especially you talking about spending time with family, uh, celebrating your birthday. Family is obviously the most important thing. Yeah. And tech's putting together a pretty good program right now too. So uh, certainly hope it, if he did leave the Bayou, which why would anybody do that, Brad? No, one, no, no, I, I don't get it. I mean, you, 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 you're there, but if he did want to go home, hopefully he would choose uh, the rambling wreck rather than go to those other guys. I, I, I would, I would prefer that too. And that's one thing that we can, you know, the emoji of the handshake, uh, we can agree on that. Uh, hopefully he doesn't go to the old dogs, but I know there's some dogs fans listening to this. So don't hold it against me, but if you do, you can certainly see slide in my DMS and uh, Jason's uh, Twitter. We can get, you can go to right. DMS as well. Uh, but we'll, we'll switch back to Hawks as this is a Hawks related yeah. program. So tell the audience your over qualification for being on this show with your Hawks fandom and knowledge. Well, I don't know about that, but you know, being in the state of Florida as I am, uh, when I was growing up and this will put, put an age, I mean, those who follow me, uh, and have for a while know that, you know, I'm, you know, that I've been around a little bit. We'll call it seasoned. I'm a seasoned. Season. Yeah. yeah. Wise, wise. That's right. Well, yeah. But uh, when there was no pro basketball in the state of Florida, when I was growing up and this guy, Ted Turner was broadcasting this UHF station, big and bold in, in my little central Florida home, I was able to tune in to UHF channel 17 and watch pro basketball and being a huge Dr. J fan back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved basketball and you know, it was the closest team. So I became an Atlanta Hawks fan back when Hubie Brown was roaming the sidelines, fast Eddie Hubie. Johnson, RIP and uh, you know, John drew another RIP man. Uh, Danny round for geez. All right. Well, hold on. I don't want to write list that tree Rollins is still with us. And uh, it was a huge tree fan. Uh, watch that team. And I was hooked, Brad, from the get-go. So I've been following the Hawks uh, since then. And certainly had some amazing seasons in the 80s. And uh, heartbroken in the early part of the 90s for a uh, very obvious reason. And then, but still, you know, a fan all the way through uh, until, you know, and then I, when I moved back into Atlanta uh, in the year 2000, started really covering the team day-to-day and the Atlanta Hawks have always been an unbelievable first-class organization when it came to that when nobody was letting internet guys into the locker room and or cover the team with a with a media credential uh, Arthur Trish and the Atlanta Hawks certainly stepped up and did that and I believe it opened the door uh, it, it, it let folks like us in to see what was going on and ask other questions in the newspaper 
who had limited space. You know, Jeffrey Denberg was the coverage guy then. Brad, Jeff Denberg was awesome. New basketball. Loved loved covering it. Was great for the NBA. Was an ESPN.com columnist with Mark Stein at the time. But the paper only gave him so much. So there was there was an opportunity there to open up the locker room. And, and the Hawks, certainly at the time, definitely wanted more coverage. One of the least covered teams in the NBA uh, was able to do that. So, again, kudos to the Hawks for, you know, be, being for now. There's tons, tons of that, which is great. And uh, so I started covering the team then day to day from uh, 2000 and, until uh, 2005, cover the team. And then uh, obviously was that was as a full time media credential, then part time since then, you know, being able to cover the team from that point, you know, from the 2000 and, and um, you know, running things all the way through. It was uh, fantastic to uh, have had that experience and cover the team and give the access that I really felt like, you know, the fans deserve to have. And, uh, you know, now there's more Hawks coverage than ever, you know, hoop ball Hawks. This is great. Giving people the opportunity to talk and learn about their favorite teams. Shouldn't, you shouldn't have to be a fan of a big team to get good coverage. And that's what I started my coverage off with. And, you know, to, to this day, up until I, you know, up until I turned Peachtree hoops over, full-time uh, to Chris and Brad um, in a, about 2016 was that. And then even since then, you know, Hawks are great and continue to give me access and ask any questions I want. It's, uh, you know, it's real good. So I don't know if that overqualifies me, Brad, uh, as a fan, but it's certainly, there aren't many guys are around and they're definitely, you know, they, they definitely are people that were season ticket holders forever. You know, there aren't many folks that go, that go deep with the Hawks like that. So it's fun to, to talk about and tell stories with uh, with some of those guys for sure. Yes, and uh, following you on Twitter and seeing your tweets. And that is what really forced me to say, you know what, I got to get this guy on because I'm a person that <laughs> continually loves to learn about where the game has come from. And it kind of, you know, sometimes it points a compass into the direction of where the game is going towards. But like just trying to get all the knowledge I can about this uh, historic franchise that um, I used to live in the St. Louis area and they used to be in St. Louis. So I'm kind of just yeah. um, a little late in the game, but following them down here to the ATL and at, in your time, you know, covering the Hawks and being a Hawks fan, what is your favorite moment historically? Oh. Well, I tell you, there's a bunch of them. I mean, and a lot of times as a Hawk fan, uh, you know, our history is tied with a lot of pain and agony, you know, it's, that, uh, that's definitely a thing. So there's a bunch of moments that I've written about uh, over time, whether it was, uh, you know, with Real Jam or the Human Highlight Blog uh, or on Peachtree Hoops, where I reminisce about the things that are painful. Like, for example, one of my favorite moments uh, in history was that Dr. J was a hawk for like three exhibition games. <laughs> and I, I got a chance. It was great. It was 1974. The, the Hawks had Lou Hudson and Pete Maravich, wow. and they added Dr. J – uh, who was playing with the Virginia Squires of the ABA at that time. And uh, they were, you know, I talked to Cotton, the late Cotton Fitzsimmons was the coach. I got to talk to him about it. And he said, we might've scored 140 points a night. We might've given up 145, but we would score a ton of points with that team. But as Hawks things go, Brad, it, uh, it, it dissolved because of a technicality. The Hawks signed him as a free agent because he'd already been playing pro basketball with the ABA with the Squires for a couple of years and the Hawks just figured, well, we don't need to draft them. 
because we just signed them. You know, we don't need to draft them. Uh, so when the Hawks drafted in 1974, they drafted somebody else. Why? Because they already had Dr. J. But the Cleveland Cavaliers, it might have been Milwaukee. Dra- I think it was Milwaukee. Drafted them. It was Wayne Embry uh, with Milwaukee at the time. Later, the Cavs GM. They drafted Dr. J and forced the Hawks uh, into dispute. And Dr. J was just like, forget it. <laughs> and he went back to the ABA. We were that close, Brad, to having one of the wow. all-timers. And I got to talk to Dr. J uh, about it when the when the All-Star game was in New Orleans. And we, we chatted about it and laughed, laughed a lot uh, about that. He said he really wanted to play for the Hawks and play on that team specifically with Pistol Pete and Lou Hudson and those guys. Uh, but he said, you know, I was, I was, he said I was a young man. It wasn't worth the trouble. And uh, so I went back to Virginia. And then, you know, later he was with the Nets and then, you know, was a sensation there. So very close. That, that is kind of encapsulates being a Hawks fan. That's like drafting David Thompson, number one, but losing him to the Nuggets, but losing both their top picks to the Nuggets that year. But the best positive moment, Brad, was easily uh, Stan Caston's fleecing of the Utah Jazz and sending John Drew and a million dollars that he had to beg for for the rights to Dominique Wilkins. That is mm. the best moment. Because that changed who the Hawks are. To this day, the Hawks are still in the mold of that high-flying, exciting basketball of Dominique Wilkins, uh, who played with a passion that I don't think I've seen since then. Just the the fierceness of his physicality stemmed from that passion. I love that Dominique is is uh, you know a part of the Hawks today, and we get to hear him. Uh, with every telecast and, and everything. But that is definitely my favorite positive moment of Hawks history. I never knew that uh, the Hawks were that close to getting Dr. J. And, and I'm thinking, obviously, me knowing Pistol Pete, who, you know, Atlanta Hawks fans historically know very well, and me, obviously, loving LSU, know very well as the arena in Baton Rouge is named after him. I Wow, wow, that would have been... That, that would have changed the course of history. But you know what? Things happen for a reason. Right. And, and you alluded to the fa- fact of obviously getting uh, Dominique Wilkins here to Atlanta. And the mold is still there as Atlanta Hawks always has someone on their roster that is synonymous with highlights. Where there was Matumbo with the blocks. Where there was Josh Smith with his dunks. Uh, Iso Joe and his, ah, right. you know you know, sizing people up and hitting, hitting shots, even, even the team where they had multiple all-stars, you know, there were some highlights there of just great team basketball. And now we have Trey Young with the threes from the logo, the nutmegs, and we're going to have a couple of other players that are going to have some highlight real plays uh, this upcoming season. And my next question, you kind of alluded to it, you know, at watching the Hawks from a distance, yeah. now I'm tasked to cover them and people who were about to jump on this bandwagon, you alluded to some of the history and some of the heartaches as far as what do they need to know about embarking on this journey? Yeah, there's a there's an expression that uh, most of NBA Twitter has regarding the Hawks, and it's NTTH, never trust the Hawks. Every time they go, so if you jump on the bandwagon, just, you know, make sure the seatbelt's on a little extra tight. And when you feel like it's going to come together, there's always a hesitancy to believe in that. But I will say that in this moment in history, with Trey Young, we haven't had a dynamic player. You mentioned so many great players, and Al Horford being a Gator mm-hmm. and playing so many years with the Hawks, one of my favorite guys to cover uh, in the league. And you know, you talked about Joe, who is unbelievably 
one of the most talented players that ever put on a Hawks uniform. And Jason Terry, just a legend uh, three-point shooter in the NBA. But we've never had a player like Trey Young since Dominique Wilkins. He is the torchbearer from a star-level player, something that Atlanta's been begging for. So if you're just jumping on the bandwagon, appreciate that you have a playmaker, likes of which we haven't seen since Dominique, different type of playmaker. But the offense that Trey is able to generate uh, is amazing. But at that same point, as a seasoned Hawks fan, I always wait for the other shoe to drop. And, you know, there are some definite things to, to be concerned with uh, as things go down the road. But that would be my bringing you in, Brad, and taking you in. I would say, hey, it's fun. The, the bandwagon, you know, is light. So plenty of room right now. It's great having this amazing uh, dynamic guy on the team. But uh, just beware. Be ready. Be ready. You heard Jason, beware and be ready. And uh, the bandwagon is light, but they're hoping to change that narrative this year. I know Trey Young, we mentioned on the last show, wants to change the narrative of him not being able to win games. And hopefully that is the case this upcoming season. I know that things have changed for the better for this organization since Travis Schlenk has come aboard from the Golden State Warriors. Uh, what are those notable changes that you have seen? And yeah. what makes you, and what, are, what has he done that's made you optimistic for the future of this franchise. Well, let's give Tony Ressler credit because it, it yes. really started with having Tony buy the team and really make it his. Uh, so I give Ressler a lot of credit. So there were some mistakes early on with that, but you know, you, any sort of successful businessman makes mistakes. It's how you adjust to them and bringing Travis Schlank and, and upgrading the health facilities and bringing in uh, the people that he had brought in infrastructurally has made things amazing. And now Schlank himself uh, has done things that, you know, is, is exciting. For example, let's take a look at this last draft. He didn't just reach for need, well, perceived need, I would say. Uh, he didn't, he took the best player available uh, in there, in a Kung Wu. And then he used his second round pick. I mean, it blows my mind. What, you know, uh, and with the, as a Hawks fan, I've seen the, the organization use the second round as an ATM for so darn long that it's nice to see basketball front and center. Travis Schlenk has had a plan, and it's very easy to communicate, and it's very easy to see come together on the court. Now, what the ultimate results will be, everybody wants a championship. One team wins. We'll see. And hopefully, Travis, whatever he learns – from it, he won't repeat whatever he thinks is a mistake and, and goes on. But I have seen more basketball. I've seen this organization transform. Uh, we've seen the arenas transform. Yes. Uh, what they've done with State Farm Arena, what they've done with, with Emory Practice Center, all of that. Uh, again, I go back to, to Mr. Wrestler and say, you know, that has happened since then. And then Travis Schlenk has brought basketball and basketball decisions. And it's just so odd to see you know, our, our franchise do the right thing and be the team that is lauded for their off season. But that is exactly what has happened. And those are obviously for the better. Like Drake and future says, what a time to be alive. This is a great time to be alive and to see what yeah. will take shape for this Hawks team going forward. And we mentioned the, uh, you mentioned the second round pick who I was thrilled with another uh, LSU guy. This is a very Hawks and LSU dominated podcast right now. And Skylar Mays. And I talked about on a previous show, how much, you know, the Hawks fans are going to love Skylar Mays, a four-year yeah. player, very smart, 
always makes the right play. He's a guy that, you know, when he has the ball in late game situations, you're comfortable with. Now he's probably going to be on a two-way contract and play for, you know, the College Park Skyhawks, which there's nothing wrong with that. To have him and to have Nathan Knight on your G League team to develop and having a G League team in spitting distance of the arena downtown in Atlanta is going to be a huge, you know, leg up as far as just for player development, which is something that I've seen in a short time under this tenure is just, you know, players truly developing their game and not, not enough credit goes towards, uh, you know, John Collins, uh, you know, coming in, just seem seeming like he's just going to just be a double, double guy, you know, play close to the rim. And now he's shooting 40 over 40% from three. Um, And I'm projecting big leaps and bounds for, you know, Cam Reddish, I think Bruno Fernando is going to take off and I'm just happy that I know a lot of people, we're going to talk a little bit more about it later in this podcast, but a lot of people saying that bringing in depth is going to stunt the growth and development uh, for this young core. But I'd say that, you know, competition always breeds confidence. And if you can bring some seasoned veterans to show them the ropes and compete and practice day in, day out, ultimately that sure translate into winning basketball on the court. And I'll get your take. I'll get your take on that now before we do a quick promo. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm a big believer in that there's plenty of minutes for everybody on this team and they can be more meaningful minutes where you're not stretching guys beyond uh, what they want. And we've saw that with Deandre Hunter last year, the man averaged over 30 minutes a game. Should he have had that much time? I don't think so. Yeah. And um, you know, it takes time to adjust to this league and you don't want to create bad habits uh, by by stretching somebody and exposing them uh, like that. So I think that there's plenty uh, of, of room for everybody uh, in there. And one of the things that when they brought Gallo in, people started thinking, well, that means Collins is gone. And it's like, well, hold on. There's 96 minutes to split up between center and power forward. Uh, you're not playing Gallo. This isn't the old NBA. This isn't like when I was watching the NBA, Brad. It wasn't, you know, we're not, they're not playing 42 minutes a game anymore. Shoot, they're not even playing 32 minutes a game anymore. Uh, so there's, you know, there's plenty of minutes to go around and be strategic with them in there. And that way you can bring your younger rotation players uh, along and alongside guys that show what it takes to be successful at this level. I just see positives from the whole thing. I do as well. And I'm a very positive person and we're going to keep this program very positive and very light, but we'll talk about some, you know, some real problems or concerns regarding this Hawks roster. But before we get into that, a quick plug for Manscaped. Support from Hootball Hawks comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. As we are in the holiday season, with all the shopping, chestnuts roasting on open fires, as Jingle Bells plays on almost every radio station, don't forget your jingle balls. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. We all know of a guy who had a tragic grooming story to try to impress his lady, or you personally, where you clip the wrong thing and you start the Will Smith, see what had happened was, well, see, what should have happened was you copping Manscaped for your grooming needs. This revolutionary company has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 3.0 has a proprietary advanced skin safe technology. So this trimmer cuts 
on your nuts. And it's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trim, cut free, and smelling nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as your jingle balls. That's a technical foul! The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Yeah, your jingle balls do stink. I don't care if you just showered. Speaking of sweaty, stinky jingle balls, I am thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling and sticking and these products smell good my friends good their manly scent is attractive and will help you set the mood if you know what i mean the perfect package will also come with a pair of manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day long baby it's time to upgrade those used pair of boxers to manscapes high performance anti-chafing boxers so tis the season to manscape so get yourself your dad your brother your friends don't matter the best gift of all the manscape perfect package 3.0 get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code hoopball20 at manscaped.com your jingle balls will thank you get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code HOOPBALL20. Clean up your jingle balls and I guarantee you will make the nice list this year for Christmas. All right, and we are back with part two, talking with Mr. Jason Walker, who has already given us a great insight into the past as far as with the Atlanta Hawks. And we've talked about the present and a little foreshadowing of the future. So we've already switched gears to this incarnation of the Hawks team with the first preseason game coming up Friday. Jason, what will you be paying attention close to for this game coming up? Well, I, you know, it depends on how much they're going to do. I. I think what I want to see is I want to see the younger guys. I want to see what Cam Reddish, you know, how much he's developed. I mean, it's been, you know, six years, I think, since the Hawks have taken the court. At least it feels that way. <laughs> yeah, it feels a long, like a long time. I think they, they've had a 200 and I didn't want to say 270 or 280 day layoff. Unbelievable. Yeah. So that's the most we haven't seen the Hawks uh, play. And so I want to see that, you know, what those younger guys uh, look like on the court. How is DeAndre Hunter? I think we'll be saying a lot of dang. I, you know, I didn't know he was that big or, you know, I think these guys are going to be uh, real good. And of course I want to pay attention. Uh, preseason's all about watching your, your newest players. So, uh, you know, you want, I want to see guys uh, like Chris Dunn and, and I want to see a uh, Kung Wu out there uh, balling, you know, I want to see what Bruno uh, Fernando comes up with, you know, now that he's got a lot of competition for minutes uh, this year, you know, what is he doing to get up off of the, off of the bench? Clint Capella. Well, you know, seeing Capella for the first time and, and seeing, you know, kind of getting a glimpse for what they they might do with in the pick and roll with Trey Young. So those are the things I, I'm interested in kind of seeing if they show us uh, in the preseason. 
Yeah, and you mentioned Bruno Fernando, who I've said on this program multiple times that I think that with Clint Capella healthy, is really going to push Fernando, especially you know competing day in day out in practice with Capella's you know efficiency around the rim. And some people say he's a little overrated on the defensive end, but you know nonetheless, defense is attached to his name, and that's something that <laughs> Fernando needs to get better at. As far as last year, I joke about his defensive awareness. Uh, yeah. If you're playing two K, if it's over fifty, that might be pushing it because there was times he looked lost but he's young I mean you're young yeah. in the league you're in the five is one of the hardest positions to transition into in the league as far as you know they probably have to add weight it's different differences different coverages you know you, the travel schedule there's so much that goes into playing the five and you're basically at times depending on how the defense is structured and it's going to be a little bit different with Nate McMillan on board this year either the point guard or the five is the quarterback of the defense to get everybody in the right position. And that's something that you, that takes time learning and film and practice and experience is, is, is your best teacher in that. And so I'm hoping that we see a big jump for him and then Oyeka Okongwu's minutes will come in whenever he's healthy. And I'm sure that we'll get a glimpse of him as well. In your opinion, Jason, what was the best offseason move that the Hawks made? Uh, there's so many good ones. I mean, it's like I said, it, it's it's unusual to sit back and, you know, and think about it. And I've already mentioned, look, taking the best player available, in my opinion, uh, at that time with a Kong Wu was, was a great move. Uh, but I think that generally speaking, getting Trey Young, the talent that uh, the Hawks need around him was, you know, generally speaking, the best offseason move. They couldn't sit back and do it. So they, they added weapons to maximize Trey young and, and make him more efficient. So he doesn't have to do so much and be so in, inefficient and in how he does and does things. So he did things great, but adding shooters, uh, to a lot, you know, adding Gallo, adding Bogdanovich, adding even guys like Tony Snell, having intention around bringing people in around Trey to me is that because again if you think about it and I'm this jaded Hawks fan that's seen you know never trust the Hawks <laughs> uh, you know my, my I'm, I'm already maybe overly concerned and and some guys on Twitter said I was projecting a little bit but if you coming from my point of view I want to make sure we don't lose Trey Young I don't want to yes. lose him so I wanted I wanted to see the Hawks do everything he's like well yeah, they got control over Trey for you know it's the second contract you really got to worry about do I or am I worried right now? Because I want to make sure when everybody else was making the playoffs, when Luka Doncic was making the playoffs and Trey Young had to sit in the delete eight, I don't think that sat well with him. And so you needed to make sure. And certainly the team comes behind now and is playoffs, 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 where it was like, don't skip a step. Now it's like, let's, let's go. Uh, I think those, they had the same feelings that I did is that we need to make sure that we keep up with Trey Young in terms of the development. So that was, generally speaking, the best move the Hawks could make. Specifically, I enjoyed the Chris Dunn signing for the yes. for the value. He's a tenacious defender, and I think he makes things interesting, and I'll talk about that here in a little bit, about you know his potential impact. I loved it for the signing. thought it was a smart signing. So the best offseason move that, that tickled me was, was that one. But I, but I think, ideally, the best offseason move was getting Bogdanovich because other teams wanted him. He's, he's a young free agent, which brought another playmaker into big, which is exactly what Trey Young needed, and he could shoot. So And he can create his own shot. So that was a very important offseason move that, that they made. 
even though they had to, you know, pay market value to get them, whereas they didn't have to do that with Chris Dunn. That to me uh, was the best singular move the Hawks made and was, you know, incredible again that the Hawks were the ones doing it. It's supposed to be the Bucks. Yes. And, and it wasn't. It's the Hawks. <laughs> so take that, Mike Budenholzer. Yeah, take and, that. Uh, <laughs> you know, take that, bud. Those stood out for me for sure. But generally speaking, addressing the roster it, with such intention uh, was night and day different than the last offseason. Yeah, and they were very intentional on getting, I said on the last program, getting Trey toys to play with because yeah. you're, you're 100% right. He he tweeted a lot during the bubble as he was just very – he seemed very motivated, very hungry. He <laughs> didn't he didn't want to miss the playoffs ever again and how he's yeah. just more motivated to win. And when you couple that with other players who have things to prove on this roster, like a John Collins who we'll get into a little bit later, and then you bring in some other players that have, you know, chips on their shoulder and Chris Dunn. And, and even Gallo, who like he has a little chip on his shoulder as well as he wants to win. Everybody's saying the right things. When you disrespect the Hawks uh, in a way, when you disrespect the Hawks in, you know, not giving them as many national televised games, you, you're adding fuel to the fire. And that's a very dangerous uh, thing for the NBA to do. I know the next question I have, Jason, is you alluded to some of the things that you players and moves that you've been excited about. What in totality, are you excited about for this upcoming oh. season? Uh, excited, three yeah. parts. Excited, curious, skeptical. Okay. Well, they're all the same thing. This is because when I tell you this, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about here. Uh, I, with all those moves, just like we were talking about, all the things that Travis Link did to add what you call yeah, toys and pieces, but in, in the Chris Dunn signing and Rondo, uh, there is a real opportunity for Lloyd Pierce and Nate McMillan to create very specific, strategic, tactical rotations yes. that can be mixed and matched from a matchup level. And that is huge. I am so excited to see how they are able to do it. And I'll give you an example on this is that you sign Chris Dunn. He's not an offensive guy by any means, but what he does create are uh, transition possessions. So you don't want to have him on the floor with Gallo, right? Right. Because yeah. if you're getting out in transition, you want Reddish with him. You know, you want, uh, you know, you want uh, Herter. Uh, you want Collins in the mix out there in transition, running along in a quick change court, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's it. And then likewise, when you want shooters and you're going to a, a shooting lineup, you want Rondo in there with shooters, Yes. You know, so guys that can take the load off well, so he can penetrate and dish uh, from that. So you want Bogdanovich, you want Gallo uh, on shift with him. And maybe that's where Collins runs into the five and stretches from there. Uh, but, the, and there's a lot of ways that they can get really creative and intentional with, with the roster that they have. Cause now, unlike last year when, you know, and I love Vince Carter, <laughs> and, <laughs> but you know, giving all those minutes to guys like Carter and Bembry, Alex Len, Damian Jones, so the, the, the amount of volume minutes we gave to guys that are no longer on the team for a reason. And now replaced by legitimate NBA rotation guys. No, again, no offense to those other guys. Mm -hmm. uh, they're great players. They wouldn't be in the league if they weren't. However, this is an opportunity to really get excited uh, about what you have. So I, I, I'm curious and excited for that, but also – can they pull this off? Can it really come together? Is this roster, this isn't a 2K roster, just like you, you know, it's not a 2K roster. 
you just can't put them together and make it work. These, these are men. And will they work well together? Will it work as it looks like it would on paper? Uh, doesn't always work out that way. You know, I remember, I'm old enough to remember Reggie Theus and Moses Malone joining the Hawks and me being really super excited about finally getting over the hump and taking out the Celtics. Uh, well, it didn't happen. <laughs> it was a bad mix, bad mix of players, you know, in there, even though the, the talent of Reggie Theus and Moses Malone were obvious on a roster with, you know, Doc Rivers and Dominique and Kevin Willis, it didn't work. And uh, so that, you know, I'm, I'm skeptical that in a condensed season and uh, a condensed preseason that they can really work out those permutations uh, effective enough to get the Hawks to the playoffs. I'm hopeful. And I do believe they can. And I, and I, I say, yes, they can, but that is uh, that is all of it in a nutshell, Brad. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the best, but potentially also the worst outcome uh, from, from the season. Yeah, and it's funny, you, you, took, you took away my next question I was going to ask about ideal lineups, rotation, and minutes. And seemingly, you know, Coach Lloyd Pierce and uh, Nate McMillan are going to be playing a game of operation as far as yeah. you know, make, making sure that it is the right, the right spot, the right time for this certain lineup, the right minutes for this yeah. certain guy. Can Collins and Gallo play alongside each other? Uh, those are things that they're going to have to work through and kind of on the fly, learning on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's as it is. Lloyd Pierce is third year, the head coach, and obviously Nate McMillan has had years of experience, which I think will help in this case to have a guy to lean on with the experience and the success that Nate McMillan has had in the league. But th this may be something that will continue to be fine-tuned throughout the early part of the regular season. And I know that a lot of Hawks fans are scoffing at the lack of national television games. Well, I think that less eyes on what they're working on here in Atlanta could be a yes. good thing. Less because yeah. there's already internal pressure to win. We talk about management. We're talking about the coaching staff and the goals set forth. And amongst the players themselves, there's already a lot of internal pressure. Why, why thrust them into the you know spotlight? Yeah. That's why I think that the NBA TV games, which not everybody has NBA TV, and if you don't, you should. It's wonderful and get league pass if you have the financial means to get that as well. But the fact that we have that ESPN Dallas Mavericks matchup in February that yeah. gives us a good almost two months, uh, a month and a half at the minimum to get to a point to have a somewhat polished product for the national audience and against Luka Doncic and Dallas who are kind of our Twitter rivals when it comes to kind of about fan bases and the connection of the trade that obviously sent Luka to Dallas and Trey Young here. And Luka had the early success because, you know, their franchise was a little aggressive earlier as far as putting pieces around with KP and trading with uh, New York and you get Hardaway Jr. and other pieces. And now they made the moves they did off season to try to, put themselves in position to advance in the Western Conference standings next year. We are a little behind the boat, but we were following a process. And I know a lot of people on Twitter and, and skeptics of this Hawks team are kind of saying that, you know what, you know, we're pushing this too fast. You know, there's a talented free agent class next year. We're going to miss out on that. But we alluded to, and you brought this up, Trey Young wants to win now. Yep. And when you're trying to keep Trey Young on your roster and appease him because he is a star. No question. You said the probably one of the, the greatest star in this franchise next to Dominique Wilkins. We have to keep him here long term. So we're going to have to press fast forward and press play a little faster than we would like. And could it pay off? Could it not? And there could be some other moves that 
have to take place in order to for us to ascend up in the Eastern Conference standing. So that comes to my next question. Will the Hawks and Collins come to an agreement before December 21st, in your opinion? I, you know, um, before the Hawks filled the cap, and we're actually over the cap, I would have said there's no rush. But now that it looks like they're going to be over cap uh, on there, I think that, you know, the Hawks should just go ahead and, and, and lock them up. And uh, so I think there's a little bit more less that they have to do from a weight standpoint to let John off. I think that, you know, if they can come to agreement, if John, you know, I think John sees the writing on the wall. He sees a big roster. I think it behooves him to step up and, you know, if the Hawks are willing to have an agreement. Now the Hawks don't have to, but since they are committed so much cap wise now, you know, this year and next, you know, the cap, his cap hold next off season you know, is irrelevant because the Hawks will be over, right? Mm-hmm. So now is a great time for the Hawks just to go ahead and lock up John Collins rather than have Collins be part of a fantastic season to get to the playoffs and then they're behind the, the eight ball. Whereas Collins can take the financial stability, the Hawks can lock down a guy like Collins so he doesn't walk away for nothing like we've seen the Boston Celtics do. Yes. Uh, let guys out the door and not get anything in return. When you're over cap. That's a huge loss because you can't replace a player like that uh, roster wise. So, you know, if you think of it again, you, I love the two K type stuff. Cause when you think about it, you're over the cap and you lose an 80 player or an 85 player uh, and you can't resign them with the cap. You're stuck with a 70 guy. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and that is, you know, that is very much where the Hawks are right now. So my gut is that if, if I read the green correctly there and the putt breaks, right we'll see them coming to an agreement before December 21st. That's a long way to answer your question, Brad, but that's kind of where my head's at. And it's certainly a headline that you don't want to carry into the regular season. We've seen in past when stars in a the league, they don't do the, they don't do the extension before the season. And those are the questions that reporters repeatedly ask throughout the year. And it creates other headlines outside of the singular headline, which should be winning basketball games for this Hawks right. team. And right. you don't want another distraction. And so right. if I am, I agree with you, if I'm the Hawks, I try to lock it up, especially when you already have Gallinari. I know the, a lot of people see the money, on paper and think oh yeah he's out he's gone but he's already basically come to an agreement with this franchise that he will be coming off the bench and with that commitment we'll see how it plays out but if he's already saying that as a commitment that should hopefully give Collins a little you know peace of mind um, he's still gonna have to compete every day in practice and that's the one of the main things of from bubble mini camp to training yeah. camp practice and even early season is gonna be competing 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 and he's going to have to continue to compete as well, because if he's not competing, you know, enough in practice, it may, you know, cut down some of the number of minutes per se for John Collins, which obviously we don't need that. We don't need that. We want him on the court as much as he possibly can. Right. Like I said, like I said, it's a narrative you don't want to lure around the team when they're trying to get to the playoffs, which they haven't been in the last three, three seasons. And it is coach Lloyd Pierce's, last year on the books but with the option next year and uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little later but it's just it's just a lot a lot going on already so yes. this is just one thing on the grocery list that you can you, just, you know, go ahead and cross off going into the season 
Yeah, and and look, there's going to be again. I, I mentioned plenty of minutes uh, for all these guys night to night. But remember, in a condensed season, guys like Gallo and Capella they're not playing every game. Correct. So there's going to be a lot of minutes out there, and I think that the rotational stuff uh, not only benefits Collins. I think we'll see a lot of Collins. In fact, I think we'll see Collins close over Capella in certain matchups too. Um, yes. You know, I think that's a better move for the Hawks in certain in certain matchups. Uh, on there, but I mean, even you know, younger guys like uh, a Kongwu, they may have zero minutes for two games and then play 25 one night. And hopefully, the whole roster is kind of like you said, you mentioned Gallo uh, saying, Yeah, I'm good with a bench roll. Well, bench roll, but you're still going to play your minutes. Uh, and and the fact that the whole roster hopefully is comfortable with the fact that the NBA number one is changing. There's no, you know, the only guy that's really firm in the minutes is Trey. Mm-hmm. And then every everything kind of revolves around that matchup wise, and it doesn't mean anything other than you've got a ton of good guys on this team, and we want to set everybody up to win. Ultimately, winning is is the thing there. So, yeah, I think that you know with Collins, definitely don't want it to be a distraction, and uh, there's going to be minutes for him. And I'm excited to see another progression year for John Collins. Does he go up plus three? Is he plus four? I mean, what plus five? What is he going to do this year? <laughs> Yeah. And as we alluded to, depth is a good problem to have. Uh, we talked yeah. about, you know, we talked college football before in the blue chip programs like in LSU <laughs> and Alabama, Florida, Georgia, when you have depth that breeds competition and obviously the best play. But those are good problems to have. A lot of talent on one team is a good problem to have. And that's something that we haven't had the last few years, especially when you talk about bench bench scoring, which has been a yeah. huge problem the last couple of years. We actually have some pieces that, we can definitively say that it's going to come off the Hawks bench and produce and yeah. allow players like Trey Young, who's going to be playing, like you said, a lot of minutes this year. And luckily he focused on conditioning this offseason and spell him. And he can kind of, you know, take a load off at times because he knows that Rondo is going to be in there. Dunn is going to be in there. Herder yeah. off the bench. Gallo off the bench. Like the, you have those players there to kind of ease some things there. So depth is a good problem to have. And, they're going to work through that, obviously, through this first half of this regular season, and, so, and they release the schedule. We talked about that last program. Jason, if there is a game or several games, what are you most excited for and as far as schedule-wise for this first half of the season for the Hawks? Well, as always, it looks like a lot of away games, and that's always <laughs> – you know, it seems like with the Hawks, we're always saddled with uh, coming, coming up with a few. But I, I think that I always want to measure – the team against other up and coming teams. So you look at the Grizzlies game, second game, regular season game of the season, and you've got Morant over there, man, that's fun to watch. Yes. Uh, and you want to measure yourself on, on that. The Suns, you know, going against the Suns and, and, you know, having the, the Chris Paul, Trey young connection there uh, is always fun. I, I, you, that's where you're measuring yourself uh, from, from that playing the bucks. Uh, in Milwaukee. Those are all away games, by the way, <laughs> in the first part of the season to, um, you know, to, to measure yourself against the best uh, out there. And then, you know, the, the, the nice home stretch. Uh, when you mentioned you called one out already, uh, where it's the Lakers, the Mavericks, the Jazz, uh, Toronto, man, that's going to be a great stretch. And if the Hawks do experience success or have gelled at that point, That'll be a great homestand. It's a prove-it homestand right there that, uh, you know, are the Hawks really playoff ready or 
you know, are, are we going to be disappointed again? Yeah. And, and that's what I said on the last program. There's a lot of measuring stick games. Yeah. We talk about several games against teams in the Southeast division. You want to win more games against those division rivals as you can with the Charlotte Hornets, who I think that even with the addition of Gordon Hayward, we should be better than the magic falling off. In my opinion, yeah. the wizards getting Russell Westbrook, and obviously the Heat who made it to the NBA Finals last year. You want to try to win as many games as you can against those teams. You talked about the other teams in a similar timeline. I, I think game one is very important. As I said on this program, with the timeline as far as the young cores go, the Bulls and the Hawks were kind of in similar situations. And the go 0-4 against them last year really put a sour taste in my mouth when yeah. I was doing my research and you have an opportunity for redemption and a right, right to ship against them. The Cleveland Cavaliers, we should easily be better than we didn't win a game against them last year. So I look at those winnable games in the Eastern Conference that, you know, you got to get those games, win more games than you can against your teams in the Southeast Division, see how you stack up, which they played hard against those teams who were in the upper echelon at the Eastern Conference last year, st stole some, lost others, but see how you measure up against those teams. And obviously the Western Conference will always be a gauntlet and there's plenty of those games sprinkled in. So it's going to be a tough, tough stretch in this first half of the season, but I'm excited with the, with the depth that we have that these uh, young players get a chance to just prove themselves and compete night in and night out. And if they continue to compete and have that competitive spirit, I think they're going to win more games than they lose if they keep that attitude that they've already set. They set the precedent early on in the offseason. Bubba Minicamp, as I alluded to, offseason work. These young players coming in with, you know, media week this past week, what have they worked on and very mature in their approach. And then you hear a lot of people who worked out with them raving about their development, whether it is a DeAndre Hunter or a lot of things. A lot of people saying really great things about Cam Reddish. When you talk about John Moran, who you mentioned, and Steph Curry, who I said on the last program that he basically says that Cam Reddish has all the tools to be an all-star in this league. And it's a matter of how many minutes can he get and carve a spot out on his team as he played close to 27, 28 minutes a game last year. It, and, I, and I said on my last program, and I'll ask this quick question before we move on to this other question. I said that if Cam Reddish is playing anywhere close to 27, 28 minutes this season, that means he's balling. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I actually think, you know, the benefit for Cam Reddish is that his skill sets blend in very well with both types of rotations that I was talking about before. Yeah. So I think Cam and then Herter and then unfortunately, I think Hunter gets the the, the real, you know, butt end of the rotation uh, pie on that side. But I think that I was, and I'll tell you, Brad, I was very high on Cam Reddish going into the draft last year. I loved his stroke. And I know a lot of people questioned me on Twitter, but I was like, I, I don't know when I watch it, I feel it's such a smooth, easy stroke mm -hmm. that, you know, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know why it wasn't working, but it looked good uh, from there. And part of it's because he had a core injury couldn't yeah. you know it's hard to shoot the, the dude was not uh healthy his whole his whole year at Duke so uh, you know I I'm a huge believer in Reddish and celebrated along with what seemed like a hundred percent of State Farm Arena when he was drafted uh in, in you know in, in the draft so I am very high on Cam Reddish I do believe that if he's playing 28 minutes it means he's doing things right with uh you know fitting in and doing the things that he is capable of doing with this, but, you know, not having to do too much, but I think he is a, is a difference maker potentially down the road. I think he's, 
Uh, I just have real high expectations for him based on, you know, what I think I see in his skill sets. Yeah. And I have high expectations as well. He can play like he did it to end the year last year. And with all the things, with the, all the time off, a lot of people worried about, oh, there was a huge layoff. He was just able to continue to work and get healthy and fine tune his game. And I say that depending on his success for the Hawks this year, he could be a dark horse for most improved player. Now that's yet to be seen. We have to play the games and whatnot and see how this roster comes together. But I think that he has that potential and alluding back to the national televised game comment that I made earlier, uh, how do you perceive the lack of national television games for the Hawks? Uh, is, that, is that uncertainty about the team, lack of respect? I know I've said on this program that it may not be a bad thing, and I said it earlier, right. uh, for them to work on some things and yeah. to build some credibility and, and respect in the early part of the season to potentially lend to some more games on the, on the second half of the schedule for more opportunities for people nationwide to watch them. But what is your, what is your thoughts on that? Yeah, I love your take on that, and I think it's, it, it makes a lot of sense, uh, especially as you have a new roster, really, a new roster, uh, and there were so many new pieces that, you know, probably good not to try to expose that uh, nationally while you're working on stuff. But I think it's, you know, it's still exciting. People, League Pass is definitely going to find them uh, nightly uh, on that. And, you know, as a Hawks fan, for as long as I've been a Hawks fan, I'm used to it, man. I'm used to getting the the last broadcast team in the playoffs. I'm used to being like a uh, tape delay uh, for our <laughs> playoff games. I mean, dude, I, I you know, there is – the Hawks have to prove something to yeah. do something. You know what I mean? And they've got a lot of proving to do. I mean, uh, you know, they, you, you, we talk about Collins and, uh, you know, and, and the, you know, his departure, you know, the fact that he wasn't available really sank a lot of preseason national expectations and then not never trust the Hawks thing kind of emerged again. And when you, when you burn, <laughs> when you burn that, it doesn't pop up. Now, I'm a little surprised based on on uh, Trey Young's marketability uh, on some of that. But, you know, things happen. And I think the Hawks will find their way onto some of those floater games as time goes on, just at the right time. Yeah. Uh, and I think that the, it'll build to a narrative. And I don't want to, you know, uh, it, it'll build to a narrative in the national sense, whereas Hawks bird watchers will, will already know this, but that the Hawks – are truly rising, and this roster is is uh, is a real problem and a matchup problem. We'll hear uh, by the end of the season. I 100% agree with that, and, and it will lead to my next question. And I, before I get into the next question, I know that I talked on Twitter that I, I call, I'm gonna call this season. This is the respect tour for the Hawks, and <laughs> with with them feeling slighted and feeling like they're not getting the respect yeah. that they think they should deserve. And we talked about it. They need to earn that. They need to earn that credibility. But the respect tour, it starts December 23rd in Chicago and guys get your popcorn ready. Uh, I know it's, you know, they're capping fans, but if you can't get a ticket, get a ticket. If not tune on to every broadcast on Fox sports and, and watch this team as they as they try to build that credibility and earn your respect. And I said this last program, like they say, chances are not given or taking like interceptions. The same thing for respect. They're not. It's not given. You got to take respect. And I hope that they can certainly do that. And so we talk about expectations for this team this year. We both agree. I think playoff berth. And I, I've tailored my expectations with what's been going on in the Eastern Conference. I say that the Hawks can win either 30 in a shortened season, either, either 37 or 38 games this year. What is, what is your thoughts on expectations for this team this year, whether it's wins or yeah. well, seeding and playoffs? 
Well, look, I, you know, uh, there's a perception nationally that, well, the Hawks were just terrible again last year. Well, you were four and 21 without their second best player, uh, John Collins. The, the, he, the Hawks were, you know, I, I'd say, I don't know if they were balling. I think they were two and three or something like that <laughs> before the suspension. But they were looking like, okay, they're ready to step up. And that was, that was with all those minutes that I talked about before being handed out. Uh, you know, and as much as I love Brandon Goodwin, we don't need to see that many minutes uh, uh, for that. We don't need to see Evan Turner minutes. That's another guy I didn't, I didn't mention. Got a lot of minutes. Yeah. So this team was uh, 14 and 23 after Collins came back with all those guys getting minutes. Now you have Capella, Gallinari, Bogdanovich, Dunn, Rondo, an, a, a fully developed year out of Herder, Reddish, Hunter. Uh, my expectation is that they'll play at least 500 basketball, mm-hmm. at least 500 basketball, which is obviously good enough for the playoffs uh, in the East. So I think they're going to be, and I already kind of spoiled it. I think they're going to be heralded as a real matchup problem for the top seeds in the East in the playoffs. And we're going to hear, Oh, nobody wants to play the Hawks right now. And that's my expectation that this team will go, uh, we'll, we'll get it. We'll have the time to develop it and really toward the end of the year, be hitting on all cylinders with Trey Young leading the way with less counting stats. We're going to hear oh, Trey Young's not scoring as much, uh, you know, uh, this, but he's not going to have to do as much from a counting stats perspective because he's got all these other guys with him. Now the, the only stat that matters when judging Trey Young this year are wins. And, and uh, that's because, the way he can trigger the offense, the way the offense plays together is going to be uh, fantastic. So I'd say going from 14 and 23 to a 500 record is, you know, I'm, I, again, I went to Florida. So my math is, uh, uh, is a little shaky, but it's like four other wins. <laughs> Something like that. You know, yeah. and it's, it's like three or four wins difference there. And if you don't think Gallinari, Bogdanovich, Capella, uh, Rondo, Dunn, you know, are worth four wins. I think you're wrong. And uh, that's where I'm at with this team. And guys, I don't know if you can hear that. Um, if you hear that Oregon in the background, that's because Jason's over here preaching. He's preaching right now. Um, he's in the pulpit. Uh, he's sweating. They didn't know. He's wiping the sweat off his brow now because he just preached right. at you guys. I got my church fan out. I'm working it. <laughs> he is working it right now. And in his expectation, he said earlier, 36 wins. Uh, if you're like basically 500 ball will be 36 and 36 in a 72 game season, which is one game short of what I projected. So I can see that in that wheelhouse. And you're absolutely right with the different lineups that they can potentially roll out. Once they gel, it could definitely pose matchup problems and they can actually game plan and scheme in a seven game series, potentially for a team and give them problems. Doesn't that sound good? It, it, it sounds great because that's what all the teams should be able to do. That was one of the problems of why the Heat couldn't beat yeah. the Lakers. They only had one, maybe two styles of play to combat the Lakers, and neither were effective against that massive front court that they have had last year. Obviously, their defense effort and relentless effort kind of you can neutralize that in a seven game series, you know, working up. But then when you become, when you go up against immense talent or size or just a huge matchup problem, you can't always overcome that. And with the pieces that we have in place, we have the ability to kind of see who we're playing on, on a given night, 
He's like, okay, this is the lineup we're going to roll out. This is the minutes we're going to – in the rotations for that night. And it kind of just gives, you know, the players who like to know what's going to happen, a sense of heading is, okay, we're playing this team. This is the game plan we can go out and execute as far as just trying to just go out and figure it out like they've been doing the last few years with really young players. And the last question I have before I let you go this evening is if things don't pan out for the Hawks. And I, like I said, I like to be – I'm a real positive guy. Uh, even as bad as my LSU team has been, I was, you can see I'm real, still pretty upbeat and positive. If things don't pan out for this Hawks team with the option for next year on Lloyd Pierce's contract, do you think the Hawks won't pick that up if they say don't make the playoffs or or they get to the play-in tournament and they don't make it? Yeah, I think what the first question is, you know, why didn't it happen, right? Mm-hmm. And and if the if the if the reason is that there was dysfunction in the locker room or, you know, they LP couldn't get these guys together. couldn't maximize the potential. Couldn't figure it out. Uh, they'll go and find somebody who will figure it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I don't think they would in that case. I am a huge LP believer, uh, you know, but he's a young guy too, making his own way and learning his, his own things. That's why it was so critical to get Nate McMillan in here. Yes. Um, you know, L- Lloyd needs that guy. But I think LP's the guy. I, and, but if they don't pan out, they're gonna have, they'll do their autopsy. And if it's because of all those reasons, we'll know. We'll know even before the end of the season uh, that it, it ain't it ain't gonna be LP. Or no, there's things that happened along the way that that's not a fair judgment on Lloyd Pierce. So um, even though I'm I'm with you, Brad, I'm an optimist. I like I said, I think their floor is almost 500. That's their floor. Um, but things happen all the time, and then again in a weird year like this, weird schedule. You're playing the same team back to back, uh, stuff like that. I mean, I think that you're going to, uh, you know, the, the the range of outcomes is great. And if it, but if it's because uh, LP isn't doing enough to get the most out of this roster, they'll just, you know, they'll love LP. I really believe the franchise believes in them, but they'll, you know, they'll have to put their arm around them and go. It's, we got to go a different direction. Yeah, and guys. I know we play the Brooklyn Nets twice in the first four, first five games, and they're both on the road in Brooklyn. Do not kill them <laughs> if it doesn't go the right way in those games. I mean, it is Brooklyn. They have a full deck of cards now. Don't kill them. And me, Jason, me, we are definitely on the same page that if there's things outside of, you know, Lloyd Pierce's control, i.e. injuries, as I knock on wood, anything right. like that, you really, it's really hard to judge him for that. Right. If you lose Trey Young, I mean – that's a that's a pass. I mean, you, if Trey Young's not available to the team, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, you punt that. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you just said it's kind of how I felt about losing Collins last year for 25 games. What's LP supposed to do? You didn't have a roster to really overcome that. So, um, you know, it made it made sense. So, yeah, uh, I, I'm, we are we're very much in sync on that, Brad. In sync, I like that. And and guys. He, he's going to be back on his program, you know, whether you like it or not, I hope you love it because I, I loved having him on tonight. He's going to be back on his program. And Jason, I want to thank you again for taking the time to come on to Hoop Ball Hawks. Jason, tell my listeners how they can connect with you, slide in your DMs, uh, or actually just tweet at you because they can't do that because unless they, unless you follow them, but how they can, you know, get in contact with you on your takes and whatnot and see what else you got going on in your endeavors revolving the Hawks. Absolutely. Feel free to follow me on, on the Twitter machine at Jason Walker NBA. Uh, I love having conversations. You know, I, I like, uh, I don't just respond to the trolls. 
Uh, I like having actual meaningful discussions uh, with folks on there. So feel free uh, to hit me up as uh, we go through the what's sure to be an exciting year, Brad. Be a very exciting year, and I, I can't thank you enough for coming on this program. And like oh, I said, he's gonna he's yeah. he's gonna be back. He's gonna be back. I'm gonna lean on him because I love learning more and more about this franchise and this history. And hopefully, it gives me a heading as to where this Hawks team will go. Hopefully, it's the playoffs this year, guys. You know how I end this program. If you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a great review. Subscribe and share with fellow Hawks fans and basketball enthusiasts across the globe. Follow us at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. That is at HoopBallHawks. Follow myself, Brad Jarrett67 on Twitter. That is Brad, J-A-R-R-E-T-T-67. And as always, yeah! Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey friends, are you struggling to attract and retain top talent? If you're worried about recruiting and retention, consider Insperity, a leading HR provider. They'll help you improve hiring and compensation practices so you can spend more time growing your business and less time on HR. Visit Insperity.com and download their free ebook on how to build your dream team. Don't let a lack of talent hinder your success. See how Insperity provides HR that makes a difference at Insperity.com. When it comes to teaching kids and teens about money, practice makes perfect. That's where Greenlight comes in. With a debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. Parents send instant money transfers, create custom chores, and automate allowance, while kids track their spending, set savings goals, and practice money skills they can use today and for life. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com podcast.